Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here tonight, it's Ian, Joa, and Mark. So, yeah, the Crypto 6 case, uh, it has been going on. Unfortunately, there's no online feed because, well, it's federal court and they don't allow the media in and... We tried for an online feed because they did do it, by the way, the Chris Cantwell uh, civil case. Civil cases at federal court have had online feeds just in the form of like a, an online or not even online. It was like a phone number. You could call in and listen to the civil case. There shouldn't it's, even be civil cases in federal court. There shouldn't be civil cases in court. Mm, to be Because if you can't come up with a way to solve your disputes with mm. another private individual what's the government have to do with that there are uh, arbitration agencies yep. all over this country you can't find somebody to solve a problem we have to go to taxpayers for this this is i mean the idea of civil court is at least a hundred years in the past mm-hmm. well it's you know that's the thing court is literally like a hundred years in the past i mean the uh the federal they, well, i can't i don't have my cell phone in there you know like, right it's crazy yeah you literally can by only the go way the pencil and paper one of the court pen. uh you know people had uh got a little message while they were mm-hmm. in the court and rushed out and took a call and all that stuff oh yeah they they let themselves have but cell phones. not us correct i was actually surprised yesterday when people were being allowed in with drinks I couldn't believe it. Uh, I think our one of the camera guys from Mexico, he had like a metal container that it, they let him like bring coffee or something in with. I was shocked by that. Like some courts here in New Hampshire will not allow drinks in. No beverages. Some will. You could spill it, I so suppose. Just, it just all depends. A drink makes a heck of a lot of sense compared to a cell phone. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just all completely arbitrary. But in the case of federal courts... There's a, a lot of central control going on. There's certain rules coming down from the top. So the judge in the Crypto 6 case has stated in court that he doesn't want to be wearing masks, but the court has rules, and so therefore he has to follow this rule. Now, this He's is the, the court. head judge. This is the court. <laughs> He's the head judge of the entire courthouse. He's the guy. Wow. Right? And he's saying that. So now they did say that if every one of the jurors said it was okay to go maskless, the whole courtroom would be maskless. But because at least one of the 16 jurors, I would have just kicked him out for that. that. (laughs) (laughs) We got an alternate for you. We got Dominic on the line in Ohio. Dominic, you're on free talk live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mark. Um, First of all, Ian, yeah, I know you've heard a lot, but thanks for your service. And uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I definitely have a lot of respect for you and, uh, and putting up the fight that you're putting up. So I want to start that out. Um, I called about this a couple months ago, but I really wanted to talk about it with, uh, both you and Mark. So I've been doing a lot of international travel this year and you guys have talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to give my first hand perspective. Mm-hmm. It's an issue that I feel like not many people are talking about. Okay. Um, talk about new world order stuff but um pretty much all the airlines now are rolling out biometric boarding for international flights biometric boarding for international flights meaning you got to scan a fingerprint or your face your face okay yeah does that mean they've Um, got a camera when you're walking past with your ticket and you just don't notice it 
Yeah, um, there's a what's well, visible. It's a visible camera that you look at. Yeah. And the gate. Oh, I haven't. Oh, I've done a lot of international travel in the last twelve months, and I haven't had to look into a camera at a gate. They don't. Maybe it's at certain airports. Okay. So, maybe. Um, this is at Atlanta, and then I I hear that at Houston Airport they're doing it too. But you're saying I've taken um, international flights from Atlanta. Just to clarify, you're saying it's the airline itself that's requiring this, not TSA. Yes and no. Um, so as I understand it, um, if you're not a U.S. national, you have to do that. If you're a U.S. national, you can opt out of it. But the times and the past two times I've I've flown overseas. I have gone through this. Wow. And okay. they don't make they don't tell you that you can opt out of it. You have sure. to go up and ask. <laughs> There's a line yeah. and they don't want anybody make mm-hmm. making it take longer. Yeah, um it's yeah, it's one of those things like with COVID that you talk about like, you know, going along to get along versus, you know, making a scene. So, um as far as I could see, I'm I I might have been the only person both times who didn't or all three times that didn't consent to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people are just going to go along to get along. I mean, that's why, you know, when you go to the TSA line, absolutely 99.9% of people that go through there, they go through the scanner and they don't opt out. You know, I opt out every single time. Uh, but uh, most people I don't. never opt out. And yeah. I don't see any particular reason. I don't know how freedom is forwarded by going through the uh, little gizmo and not going through the gizmo. Well, first of all, I don't know what the gizmo is. I don't know how it works. I no, don't know I don't what the, the technology is that they're scanning your body with. So that's one reason to uh, to opt out. Sure. And it's uh, I think it's useful to show that there is another way. Mark, you were in the court, I think, all day today, weren't you? Pretty much. And any observations? It was a it was a pretty big day. It was probably the first like I mean it was the second kind of full day, but it was the first day where there was multiple witnesses. The first day it was like all one guy and then a little bit of another one toward the end. There was only two witnesses yesterday, and then today I think there was five or six or something like that. So yeah, I mean, uh, three of them were basically in and out and meaningless. Um, yeah, you know, they basically I don't, had. Don't mean to insult them or their families, but uh, you know, they, they basically came in to introduce evidence uh, that they're going to bring up later. Yeah, is what the purpose, like you know, sort of a chain of custody. Thing. This uh, agent Tebow was there. She um, was the head agent of the case, uh, based out of Bedford, New Hampshire. The FBI office is there for twenty something years, and one of the things that I thought was interesting about Tebow was she said she worked on so-called white-collar crimes and in her entire career of t- over 20 years as an FBI agent has never caught a single scam artist. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Did you hear her admit that? Yeah, uh, yeah it's true. Um, yeah. And I found a lot of things that were said by her to be kind of strange and incongruous. Oh, she was really slimy and shifty. And, um, and she lied more than once up there. Right. And this is that that's what bothered me is, is there mm-hmm. were obvious untruths told. Now, I'm not going to call it a lie, mm-hmm. but that's how I feel, right? Obvious untruths were told, and nothing was done about it. No, there's almost no chance she's going to be brought up on perjury charge. Like, there was one instance where she 
and, and you're only supposed to testify about things you experienced, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she talked about this thing called a call out, which means like the police are like standing behind their cars and they're saying, I'm Ian out. Freeman, come out with your hands up. We have the building surrounded. We have the building, right? Like this, this idea. Like you see in the movies or now something, Now consider right? that this raid was, and this is a raid, right? The raid that should have been a telephone call. Yeah. Um, this raid was conducted at 514 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we on know this ho- on this home, which also includes the studio. Yeah, the studio yeah. in which we sit right yeah. now. And she claimed that a call out occurred and then video that she had never seen and didn't know that was going to be uh, so on she site. claimed so she claimed she had yeah. never seen it. Yeah. This was video that was, you know, taken by us here on our security cameras. Yeah. And, and then, by the way, seized by the FBI, and they returned those decks to us last summer, or and, this summer, I'm sorry. And it showed that, uh, that they, you know, that the raid squad, I don't know who, whether all the FBI or who mm-hmm. they were, they were a joint task force, right. um, that, uh, that came in. They, uh, between pulling up, and I don't mean stopping, I mean starting to pull up, mm-hmm. pulling around the corner and that kind of thing, to throwing smoke bombs, flashbang grenade At things. At least one that we saw. It looked like two to me, um, on the, and that one camera. And then of course they hit other doors and things like that. So yeah. Lord knows how many of these things, half dozen or whatever is my speculation. Yeah, they literally rolled up these trucks in a rush. She, by the way, made the raid seem like it was just a matter of course, knock, 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 Mr. Freeman here. Well, we're going to have to come in and take a look around like that kind of thing. Boom. You know, and then a, a tank. With a battering mm-hmm. ram runs through the, you know, showing this and she's, you know, she didn't mention any of this. This wasn't in any of the videos that they're showing, the mm-hmm. prosecution's showing. She's like, but there's a, there's a man with guns in there. This is New Hampshire, lady. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got guns. There's guns in every house. <laughs> you know, like the idea that you can raid a place because there's guns in there. That's what she said. Yep. And Officer safety. Shatter windows, bash doors in, let people's dogs run around mm-hmm. on the street, fly drones in, you know, bring naked people out at gunpoint. Just about. You know, shove people's feet in glass-filled boots because they, they shattered let, the windows. They only let Bonnie go put a, a robe on because I said, hey, uh, it's cold out there. Are you guys going to let this young lady actually go get her robe? I had, I said we were standing on the stairs yep. at the time and they were getting a full view of, uh, naked Bonnie. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yep. And, uh, you know, of course this isn't mentioned by Tebow. It's not, like this was. Oh, she didn't know. Was a catastrophic failure. She was in charge of the entire right. operation, she but said, didn't know anything about it. She, right. It's amazing how much she didn't know as yep. the person who was on site in charge, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, how many rooms are in this house? Six. Mm, six. She said she wasn't in every room. The basement. She wasn't in every room. Yeah, yeah. Well, she has people for that, Mark. <laughs> Apparently, and the people could do whatever they want. And we're just supposed to take their word for mm-hmm. it. Don't forget, in the in the uh, Dread Pirate Roberts case, the uh, Silk Road case, the a- FBI agents and other agents from other agencies stole cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So you know you got to keep an eye on your troops. <laughs> And then out in the hallway, I figured, you know, this is a lady who's uh, interested in lawbreaking and things like that. In the hallway today. In the hallway today. So I I said to her, you know, Agent Tebow, I'm really bitter about the way your agents pulled, randomly pulled wires out of the back of my broadcast stack, taking Mm -hmm. my radio program off the the air for a week and compromising the First Amendment rights. Because anybody can call in. 
to this show, right? All of our listeners. Sure, as long as we're and, on the air. And the numbers speaking, you know, the numbers that we have of listeners say that a half a million people listen in a given week. Mm. So, you know, when this rogue agent, because I, I wouldn't think that Tebow would do something like this, this rogue agent goes and pulls random wires out of the back of a broadcast deck, because this is obviously doesn't have anything to do with the law or justice or anything like that. Mm. Or the case. Or the or case. The search warrant. When they did that, they compromised the right of the mm-hmm. listener. One of the things that were mentioned, right? So there was uh, some video put up of uh, more than one or more than one instance. I don't know which agents did it or anything like that, but of these SWAT team members using some kind of crowbar or something like that to beat cameras yep. off the uh, the building that um, they were doing for officer safety. That was what she claimed, the head agent. That was her claim. Well, this is in court. This is now, uh, you know, this is precedent. This is common law. It's like right here in court. This is the truth, right? It can't be for any other reason because she swore an oath before she got up there. Yeah, she claims that the video feed could have been going somewhere else and question mark, officer safety. Right. I guess she, that we're supposed to believe that some crack team of murderers is right. sitting there at so 5 a.m. The, the waiting libertarian to... henchmen yeah. of you, the libertarian supervillain, yeah. are sitting in the bat cave or whatever right. the, uh, the, the evil version <laughs> Alarm of that is. Alarm goes off. Oh, and, the, oh, whoop, okay. whoop, whoop. <laughs> and then the uh, FBI is seen beating the cameras off and it's yeah. like, we gotta get them, boys. Yep. The boss is in trouble. Load up. And, and so they, they get in the libertarian bear cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they come over with the libertarian automatic weapons the 50 cal, yeah. and the libertarian helmets and the libertarian uh, flak jackets right. all armed to the teeth like these you know, this this a team of insert uh, insertion right. team that comes in. And this they, is, is this how insane pop, they pop, really pop, are? Pop, pop, pop. They take them down. That's what they think is really going to happen. Right. Really. Instead of naked people coming out of the house, yeah. you know, people in their, you know, underpants and, you know, right. s- sleeping robe. attire. Yeah. Well, we we uh, they claim to have called uh, did a call out to everybody to come out. But there's no evidence of no. that. In fact, there's evidence to the contrary. In fact, it may have been a lie. And, of course, perjury doesn't <laughs> count when you're a federal agent. Right. Um, <clears throat> so. They, um, you know, the, the I, I don't know. It's just this crazy idea it's of crazy officer paranoia. safety. Yeah. And I, I say, ladies and gentlemen, that you have a right to put cameras up at your house and you have a right to see what happens when your premises are searched. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, the founders didn't really uh, contemplate a camera, you know, or, um, you know, this sort of thing. But it it seems to me. It's still my place whether or not there's been a search warrant. And at the very least, they can have little bags that they put over the cameras or something. Sure. He didn't need to beat them off of the ceiling. Well, one guy. And then, presumably for officer safety, they come in and they pull wires out of our broadcast deck, which I don't even understand. Like, there was no – I don't understand why that would be, and there was no excuse made for it because it it wasn't mentioned. Yeah. But to me, it's very, very important. Yeah. yeah. And then we got to see our friends, unfortunately, take the stand. Chris Reitman, who was once a regular co-host here on Free Talk Live, and his wife, Colleen, they run a a liberty-oriented convenience store in New Hampshire called Mighty Moose Mart, and... Uh, they unfortunately were threatened by oh, yeah. the federal government. They absolutely had to testify or and, else. And, you know, they were afraid of what was going to happen to them. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, the very same charges that 
Colleen was facing, which were wire fraud, were the very same charges that were dropped against me last week. So. Hey, I, I feel like their testimony was more helpful than hurt, um, than it hurt. I think so. I think generally so. I, I really enjoyed Chris's testimony. I thought it was, he was entertaining. He was informative. Yep. Uh, and he, you know, pointed out as, as Mark Sissy, my attorney asked him, are you guys still friends? And he said, yes. Right. So he's like, you know, not trying to throw me under the bus or anything like that. And there was no reason, you know, there's no way to throw me under the bus unless he lied. He got up there and he told the truth. You know, he and I think that there were some things that I might uh, I'm not calling them lies, but I'm mm-hmm. things that I might in retrospect, um, if I, you know, sitting in the back of the room is easier than sitting in the front of the room. Right. Mm-hmm. Sitting in the witness stand. Um, he said something like he, you know, he didn't seem to know that much about the Shire Free Church mm-hmm. when, in fact, he was one of the founding uh, members of, you know, some different churches that have been here and involved in the area. And, you know, it seems like he would know he's been a host on Free Talk Live. Yeah. You know, Free Talk Live plays the Shire Free Church uh, audio at least once a day. Yeah. I mean, you don't always listen to the breaks when you're when you're hosting the show. I mean, it, the Shire Free Church kind of is behind Does the scenes. know that the of, Shire Free Church is of, a peace church? I mean, that seems like sh- basics. He may not. I mean, he's busy. You know, he's a working working man and he's yeah. had uh, memory issues. I mean, he... Uh, Me too. Yeah. I mean, the Shire Free Church is kind of behind the scenes of things, right? Yeah, we've got an ad that runs, but... You know, we're not branding the hell out of the show with the Shire Free Church. Every yeah. now and then we'll we'll bring it up as so yeah, this is the outreach. Right. The idea is is that you can act morally without being pious mm-hmm. or churchy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh so it was an interesting day. There's there's no doubt about that. Of course, more uh more to come tomorrow. We will update you as uh, as time goes on. I I I know uh Chris Wade, our Friday night co host, did a, an extensive Write up of day number one at freekeen.com. I suspect he hasn't had time uh, to continue doing that because he really put a lot of effort into that first one. But I know, you know, he's been taking notes. Oh, he did a day two as well from yesterday. So yeah, he's, he's on it. If you want a really detailed, like, I mean, really, I'm still scrolling down looking at yesterday's. I don't know how he took all these notes in there, but he did. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live from Oregon. Yeah, hi. Uh, so uh, I just wanted to call. This is kind of an interesting story and in kind of what you guys are into. So uh, a couple of years ago, the Oregon voters um, voted for a legalized uh, psilocybin uh, scheme. Yes. And the the idea was that uh, you have to have a therapist there and you have, like, there are all kinds of rules and regulations right. and on and on and on and on. You know, they can't ever just legalize the stuff. They have to... Right. Have it in their system. Well, Got to be total control. So, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, some people got together and they said, you know what? We're just going to open a store and sell magic mushrooms to people. Wow. And uh, they called it the Mushroom House. And I was... Uh, so they're, they're being was, sneaky and hiding it. No, not even hiding it. He's being facetious. Just, uh, right. <laughs> down, downtown Portland, um, they got a line of people about 10 miles long. Whoa. To get into the place. And I remember driving by and they, you know, a big sign with like a picture of a, um, you know, the Mario mushroom. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody knew what these guys were doing. Anyway, um, my friends and I were commenting about it and my friends were like, I wonder how they're getting away with this. And. And they even had signs that say, no need for a therapist. You just come in and buy your mushrooms, and, and that's good. Anyway, they, wow. uh, of course, they got raided last night. And by whom? Damn. They took, uh, by Portland police. Okay. And 
they, they uh, can't keep they, the hobos from in, inhabit, inhabiting everything, but they can go and uh, raid a place where people are selling uh, medicine. Got it? Money-owned business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And they took $13,000, made civil arrests, and the whole works. Uh, wow, it looks like this uh, shroom house. Products. When did you become aware of the shroom house? Because it looks like it hit the news in just the last week or so. So it got a bunch of news coverage, and then the raid happened. I um, Yeah, I, I became aware of it when I drove by it about a week ago. I do have the story here about uh, Portland Police Bureau from KGW.com. Uh, they uh, did survey warrant overnight, of course. At the Shroom House in downtown Portland, making arrests and seizing evidence. Served yeah, they wouldn't want to go in when the people are lined up around the block. Yeah, right. Uh, served it at 1 a.m., according to the police statement, their Narcotics and Organized Crime Bureau. Released late Thursday morning, investigators seized more than $13,000 in cash and a large amount, quote-unquote, of suspected psilocybin products. Officers made four arrests in connection with the warrant. Uh, two men who are 32 years old booked into jail on 10 counts each of unlawful delivery of a controlled substance within a thousand feet of a school. So they probably had undercover buys would be my guess in that case. And 10 counts each of laundering a monetary instrument, both felonies. Cathedral School is located. Because they never do misdemeanors anymore. You might as well just write off a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. No cop worth his salt is going to, you know, deal with a misdemeanor because I only do felonies. And at this point, that's all there is. It's all felonious. Uh, they they go on to point out that there's a Catholic school nearby because that means because it's the bad. Catholic kids are lining up in their little outfits <laughs> to buy psilocybin. Two other people. I bet they were only selling to adults. A 25-year-old and a 38-year-old were issued criminal citations for one. Oh, maybe they're giving out free psilocybin to the kids. No. That's not how you run a business, people. Uh, the two others. Ladies were... and gentlemen, nobody loves your children enough to give them free drugs. The Never. Two, the two others were booked for one count each of delivery of psilocybin, also a felony, and they were not booked into jail. The man, Stephen Tachi, is the person who was charged with the 10 counts uh 20 counts roughly and he is the owner of a live and well hospitality group that has previously been linked to shroom house the the store had a line extending around the block last week after people learned it was selling psychedelic mushrooms to customers staff at the store were requiring identification and registration from customers but made no secret of the fact they were selling mushrooms containing psilocybin that is bad news that they have id and registration from all their customers because Who's to say, you know, what's to stop the police from just going out, going around and rounding up all the shrooms they can find? tend to think they won't. I would like to point out that, you know, the same FBI bureau that we're dealing with right now in this Crypto 6 case is so worried about little old ladies being scammed out of their money by people Mm -hmm. they didn't catch. Yeah, yeah, and she but admitted when, yeah. she's never caught a single scammer. Never the caught head a single agent. scammer. The head agent. But oh, these... that was like my favorite part yesterday. Is they they actually said, "Oh, we never called him a scammer." Yet o- opening arguments was like mm-hmm. all scammer, scam, scam. And the, the same people, uh, when I reported a armed and dangerous individual threatening to harm my seven year old son, right? They just decided, nope. We're not going to look into that. You guys have goaded him too much. Well, what's you guys? Mm. Does my son not deserve police protection? Because I'm pretty sure the seven-year-old didn't goad anybody. Right. But they won't do their jobs when their jobs 
are for people that they don't like. And they, by the way, they group people. I've never done anything to these people. Right. They just say, well, you put, you hang around with these activists too much. Oh, but you were a criminal before, Mark. Look, all they need to do is do their job. (laughs) All I've ever asked these shiftless, lazy government bureaucrats is to do their jobs. Because I can tell you, if I try to protect my son from the threatener, I'm going to go ahead and get thrown in prison about over it. Like, they're going to definitely enforce their rules on me. Their, their job is not to protect us. It's to protect the elites that they're serving. Mm-hmm. They, well, I'm, I'm the number 20, I, at the time, was the number 25 talk show in the nation. They had actually done, uh, arrested a guy who had threatened, uh, what was, what's the guy's name? The, uh, Shapiro? Yeah, Ben Shapiro, oh, who God, is the number yeah. 24. So they can't even claim that they're protecting yeah, elites. He's elite and you're not. How is he number 24? I'm number 25. Where's the line? connected conservative and you're a libertarian. Well, I, if, if that's what they want to say. Nobody. It's I the most discriminating I know a lot more state class. reps than these people do. I know more people in the government. State reps don't mean anything to them. You know, not yeah. if they aren't the state reps that they like. Mm-hmm. State See, li- rep means a lot to them. Libertarians are the minority now. Uh, I mean, the whole country. They're, it the, doesn't, they're the new vilified yeah, minority. And mm-hmm. people look past black, white now. It's all about, are you left-right paradigm yep. or anybody else? Well, and that's why we need the libertarian homeland, as Jeremy Kaufman has exactly. been describing New Hampshire, because it makes sense. And this, by the way, this has worked for all kinds of minority groups over time, right? Like, look at Chinatown. Look at, uh, you know, black communities and uh, little Italys and things like that, where yeah. people who have a similar belief mm-hmm. system or mindset or whatever the similar thing is come together the the uh, the mormons in utah uh, the hippies to vermont there's no doubt concentrating people together geographically sure. helps those people well i think it absolutely does but i don't know i mean at this point we're what 15 to 20 years in on the free state and project. we're just getting started the yeah, free state well, project move started officially in 2016 and the uh, the moving the official five year move window just wrapped up in 2021. Yeah, so my just, favorite my favorite part about New Hampshire is the uh, uh, by decade the the semi decade raids on my studio. <laughs> Mark, you just given us a, a little just a tidbit from this story about Nigeria. Let's dig into this. What's going on? Right. So um, just going back in the story, yeah. Nigeria has imposed limits on cash withdrawals and a move to push consumers towards alternatives, including its own central bank digital currency called a CBDC. And they call it an E. Uh, the E Naira. Naira. Is that how you say it? I don't know how you say it, but I've been saying Naira. Naira. Okay. Mm -hmm. The E-Naira. In a letter to banks and other financial institutions published on Tuesday, the Central Bank of Nigeria uh, (laughs) applied new limits to where the uh, the -the over-the-counter withdrawals let me put my reading glasses on. I'm sorry. That's okay. So did you say it was $45 per week or $45 per month? I don't remember what the, the detail was on that. It's uh, per, t- per day? For over-the-counter withdrawals at just $225 per week for per individuals. Week. Okay. And a, a wow, little over 1000 for businesses. Okay. Taking cash out of ATMs will be capped at $45 per day, per which day. is functionally the same number uh, thereabouts. Now, that probably does more for you in Nigeria than it does here in the United States, right? So you have to keep in mind they don't make as much per day there as they do here. Yeah. Uh, but And they're reporting the numbers here, so that's only uh, – um, There's. let's see. with the They're only providing the NARA 200 notes in smaller denominations being mm. available from the machines. Mm-hmm. So basically you're getting 
um, you know, just a whole wad of bills when you withdraw $45. Oh, I see what you mean. Right. Because a 200 Naira is equal to a fraction. 45 cents. Yeah, of a dollar. Wow. Okay. okay. Consumers will still be able to take out larger sums in some instances, but they'll have to pay processing fees of between 5 and 10%. Whoa. These are what's what's the term that the state used on your highway robbery no 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 they used uh every single news story that talked Mm -hmm. about your case yeah for the last two years talked about the fees being exorbitant exorbitant okay these fees are in fact the same numbers (laughs) therefore exorbitant this is to just access your own money from your own bank account yes that's correct Involuntarily. So you can't, you don't have a choice, right? Well, your other choice would be to take it out $45 at a time, right? Yikes. Like per day. Uh, the move was justified in a letter as being in line with the cashless policy of the central bank. This is interesting because, you know, as you touched on, Mark, this is showing a potential future for the United States because we know that the way they're talking about the CBDC in the U.S., is that the bankers, like the big banks, the Banks of America, uh, the, you know, Chase Bank, these guys, they are tied in with that Federal Reserve. They're part of the Federal Reserve. They are the Federal Reserve, right? So they're not just going to get cut out of the picture. Major Payne, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I want to bring up this bill that's on the president's desk. But first off, Mr. Mark, I know they hate us both because we used to was pig farmers. They don't like people that raise their own bacon. (laughs) Well, making bacon's uh, different than uh, raising pigs. It's a lot harder. You got to be able to smoke and all that stuff. It's it's tough work. Well, making bacon used to be a euphemism for the police breeding, but uh, I digress on that one. (laughs) Um, So anyway, yeah, there's this bill on the president's desk today, legalizing gay marriage. Now, to my mind. This was never illegal under federal law. So why do you have to legalize something that was never illegal? Wasn't there already a Supreme Court decision, uh, Major Payne? They also threw in in on this bill that interracial couples were welcome to make it unilateral. Okay, but wasn't there already a Supreme Court decision a few years ago, Major? Wasn't there also yeah. a Supreme Court decision of several years ago now, most of a decade, I think, that legalized gay marriage all across the United States? Didn't that already happen? I, that, I don't think it was ever illegal. Whether it was legalized or not is a, a befuddlement to me. But I think it now, was illegal in some states, if I recall correctly, and the, the Supreme Court essentially forced it on the other states. Or was that overturned by the – I don't know. Do you guys know? I, sure. I don't think it ro- I don't think it rode through the first time. I think it might have got squashed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, thought, I think this is just a follow up. You know, just uh, you I, know. my second thought was that they also included biracial couples being married, and the only place that's literally America. Have- I mean, it's already America. You know, we're all inter- interracial. We might all be different, but we're all. That's what America is made up of. That's what we were founded on. Is that we have this diversity of people living freely amongst their own choices and stuff. And I think that's, it's just like irrelevant what the government's doing with the marriage. It, it, a marriage licensing was created out of slavery because if you, this this was old school thought because the only place where interracial marriage might've ever been illegal would have been like Alabama or Mississippi or something. Right. Well, it's illegal to get married if you're a slave. Well, there was That's... a Supreme Court. I did look it up here. 2015, there was a decision that did legalize same-sex marriage 
uh, nationwide. According to the story here at Reuters about this, Congress did pass this bill, uh, the one that you're talking about, Major Payne. It did pass 258 to 169, so all the Democrats and 39 Republicans did vote in favor of it. Uh, and it is being called the, uh, we'll, we'll so, get to it here. To me, this is, uh, an overstep by the federal government. Of course it is. Um, the Constitution of the United States of America says that in the 10th Amendment, that any power that is not delegated to the federal government re- is remanded back to the state, the state, uh, the states and the people respectively. Uh, according to the Reuters story, it is a narrowly written Narrowly written to act as a limited backstop for the 2015 Supreme Court decision that legalized same-sex marriage nationwide. It would allow the federal government and states to recognize same-sex and interracial marriages as long as they were legal in the states where they were performed. It makes concessions for religious groups and institutions that don't support those marriages. Hmm. The measure would repeal the 1996 law called the Defense of Marriage Act, which, among other things, denied federal benefits to same-sex couples. It bars states from rejecting the validity of -of out-of-state marriages on the basis of sex, race, or ethnicity. So it's kind of what you were just saying. Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, Well, first off, I support the idea that contracts are recognized from one state to another. The second thing I'd like to say is don't get married. There's really no point in right. getting a government you mean marriage. Government marriage. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. It's more difficult to get out of a marriage than getting in. Um, far more difficult. Yeah. Far more and a expensive. Lot more, yeah, more expensive than the diamond ring you might give her. And, uh, you say yeah. this is a man who was married. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, look at it. Look at the relationship. Does it benefit from the government being involved and telling you how you're going to, you know, how, you know, however things are going to go. Now, look, if you have a, a child with a woman and you're trying to get visitation rights or whatever the situation is, it's not like you're somehow exempt from family court. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, you're not deciding how to divide up uh, joint checking accounts and things like that. Right. But wait, what about the old excuse, Mark? I think you used to mention this back when you were married. You had said that you need to be married legally because insurance uh, and because taxes or something like that. Well, well, there are instances where you're it's cheaper to have, uh, you know, to be married for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's a government. You know, that that's your choice. That's government, though. And um, it's there are instances where it is cheaper to, um, you know, or it's easier to get insurance if you're married. And, and but the, but the legal avenue with the insurance, I, this is where it gets confusing. Is like, oh, you have to get legally married to get the insurance discount. No, no, no. The way I look at it is, if you say you had your marriage in your own kind of way. Usually people take pictures. There's witnesses. That's what their purpose of doing, like having witnesses at a wedding, so that they can say to yeah. everyone, oh, yeah, it they're happened. married. They're yeah. married. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a bunch of people that can, can confirm yeah. this. And so the, if the insurance company does not recognize your photos and witnesses, then there's a lawsuit involved, mm. right? You don't need the legal permissions of the government for your insurance to uh, recognize it. And do insurers actually ask for a marriage certificate, or is it like yeah. if they both have the same At last name, that's do. good well, enough? Well, that's discriminatory. It, it depends on the situation, mm-hmm. right? So if the two of you come together uh, with the same names and say, um, you know, we're married or whatever, it's yeah. much less likely they're going to ask for a certificate. However, mm-hmm. if you're working for, you know, one of you is working for the state and then the other one, and then you get married, and then you're like, I'd like to bring my new spouse on. They're going to be like, how about that certificate? Joey, you had a crazy story about a drunk cop yep. doing something pretty nasty. In fact, you know, we can't get too descriptive, so well, try I'm, to be as medical a, as possible. Okay, I, I'm just going to read it as yeah. it says, right? Yeah, I okay. think it'll be okay. I think it'll be all right. All right, this is coming from Wink News, <laughs> W-I-N-K News.com. Should be out of Fort Myers. Yeah, it is Fort Myers mm-hmm. Broadcasting. Yep. 
Yep, and uh, this is coming from actually Chicago CBS. Uh, Chicago cop accused of peeing in ice machine, <laughs> shoving Florida bar worker. Uh, oh yeah, boy, she, another drunk cop. Another drunk Midwesterner comes out to Florida for a party <laughs> and makes an a-hole of themselves. Yeah. I wonder if this is where they get the term this is Florida, Florida guy. Right, right. Florida man, uh, like Florida gets blamed for yeah. another Midwesterner coming down there and doing their thing. It's, it's rarely someone from Las Vegas that's the problem. It's usually someone from outside of Las Vegas is the problem. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. Uh, in Florida, there's this phenomenon that's worth mentioning just uh, for people's edification is, mm-hmm. is I-95 and I-75 run down the uh, east and west coasts respectively. Mm-hmm. Now, I-95, as most people know, runs from uh, the top of Maine, all the way down to uh, Key West, I think, or something like that. Sounds right. And, it, you know, b- thus, the people who are from the East Coasters, right? Like, you know, the, those that are, they're called East Coasters, mm-hmm. they tend to travel down 95 and they yeah. tend to, you they know. They stay there. They stay from uh, Jacksonville to Cocoa Beach to, uh, you know, down to Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. and Miami, Miami and maybe Key West and that kind of thing. So it's. Tends to be populated with more East Coasters. Mm-hmm. Sure. But 75 comes down from the Midwest. I think it goes through Michigan. Ohio and, yeah, yep. starts in Michigan, goes to Ohio and down, uh, down through. And so we get the Midwesterners on mm. the West Coast. So they tend to populate areas as far north as Newport Ritchie and, uh, down through Tampa and into Sarasota mm-hmm. and down to Fort Myers and Naples and things like that. Hmm. So it's just kind of a, yeah, it's just a, I don't know, a study in human movement. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, these are the easy roads to go down and that's where they go. So you're saying that's why the Chicago cop ended up on the West Coast? I think so. Okay. Yeah, go figure that, right? Well, I think it's actually because his parents live in Fort Myers. Probably. Well. Their parents live in Naples. So I'll start the article. A Chicago police officer was arrested in Florida this week after authorities said he shoved an employee and was caught urinating in an ice machine at the beach resort bar. Oh, my God. Uh, on, just, he must have been trash. Really a problem. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to get this cleaned out? So local police came and the employee directed them to Capuch, uh, who was on the beach with his girlfriend, <laughs> the report said, while being arrested, Capuch actively resisted and did not obey commands. I'm shocked. Wow. Well, it's not a surprise. Uh, You know, if you're a police officer, you've got this idea that you you can get get away with anything. And usually... You kind of can. Well, I don't he know about usually, but I know that it yeah. certainly happens. He's out of his element to some extent, though, right? Like, he's not in his backyard. Right. He doesn't have his buddies around. The farther he gets from uh, Chicago, yeah. the the less likely he can act up. And so the Pinellas County Police Department has dealt with more than one drunk, uh, you know, vacationer. and. Right. Well, and, and, you know, uh, maybe he's got his badge on him. Maybe he doesn't, right? He's on vacation. Right. So has he got his badge easy to access? And otherwise, he's just telling these cops, hey, I, I'm an uh, officer, too. You know, he's really <laughs> drunk, right? And how many times have they heard that? And they're like, yeah, sure, buddy. I don't know what they think and what they don't, but I can tell you um, when I lived up here, I would keep my fireman helmet um, and some seat. gear yeah. in the back seat visible. <laughs> and because I, at some point or another, figured out every time I get stopped, it's not a problem. Not a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pass. Just be like, I know Capuch. No. Hey. Capuch. Hey. Hey. This is a real funny last line here. Uh, Chicago police said Capuch has been relieved. <gasps> 
of police powers (laughs) pending an internal investigation. Wow. Do you get the relieved part? Yeah, that's why it's funny. Just the relieved part. (laughs) 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 He's on, he's on ice now. (laughs) (laughs) I bet he feels better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. Wow. Now did it say he got bailed out in there? He must have, uh, but I, I don't, don't think it said I that. I don't see that. I don't yeah. think so. But <laughs> he definitely bailed out one way. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, that is just absolutely horrifying. <laughs> it's really bad. But I do think that they could turn this around if they wanted to. The the beach club there, uh-huh. and, and you know, make it uh, that much more interesting. I, I don't, I don't know, but well, I think that people would go for it by launching the capooch special. Capooch, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of times I'd tell cops like, "Oh, you don't like your job? Go work at McDonald's." But apparently they can't do he that can't either. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. they can't just anywhere near food service. Yeah, that's capooch is the reason why McDonald's ice cream machines are broken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Man, I, think right I mean, this. can you just imagine being that bartender and you know you're turning the corner, just right. going <sighs> to get some ice, and then there's this probably fairly large man peeing in your ice machine. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> you know, whatever um, recompense, uh, what do they call that when you have to pay money to the government? Uh, restitution. Whatever yeah. restitution isn't going to this bartender that had to clean out this. It depends. I don't know how it works in Florida, but that actually does happen in New Hampshire, where if you're ordered to pay restitution on, say, like a theft case or something like that from a store, it does. This isn't theft. We got Joe on the line in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Joe. Last night I did pray for you, Mark, and I will pray for you. And Joe, I'll say a couple prayers for you because you got a court case too. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Um, and everybody else should, uh, on free talk by and say prayers for both of you. Thanks. Uh, this thing about this, uh, coin that they're going to give out for everybody and they're going to be watching our money and stuff. Uh, this CBDC, the uh, central bank digital yeah, currency. Yeah, that's basically, uh, smacking, uh, our faces in the Constitution. And uh, I really appreciate something like that. So tell me how that is, because the Constitution gives the federal government the ability to, um, you know, to handle weights and measures. Mm -hmm. Um, Money is considered a measure of value. So the federal government kind of claims the right to make the money. What about our Fourth Amendment uh, that says we have a right of privacy and, you know, our person, Mm. uh, our our papers, uh, our home? Tell that to my prosecutors. Right. right. Tell it to Google. (laughs) Tell it to Facebook. Yes. But you're right about that, Joe. I mean, certainly that uh, that concept is still there. They have not abolished uh, the Fourth Amendment. They just ignore it. Well, what they're going to do is that the Federal Reserve is about as federal as Federal Express, right? Mm -hmm. So, which is to say it is not. A private bank. It, it's, private a, bank. it's a private banking board yep. um, that the president of the United States can name the New York Federal Reserve chairman, okay. um, you know, in a strange twist of uh, irony. <laughs> but it is not a government. It is, I'd call it quasi-government at the most. Yeah. And thus, since it's not governmental – it does isn't it, it the US constitution doesn't apply this is a private banking mm. cartel that mm. will then uh you know be able to see all of your transactions and these sorts of things and you know facebook basically can too i mean think about how many people are running around with facebook apps on their phone right now right, yeah. um, that are listening in on what they say and a whole variety of things and then 
um, whenever the information needs to be turned over to the Fibbies, uh, they'll just turn it right over. So um, this is how they get around it. When they want to spy on U.S. citizens, they say, well, our agencies, our uh, you know, intel agencies can't spy on American citizens. So we have to contract with Canadians. And literally, that's what they do. They have the yeah. Canadians yeah, they run their tracking yep. stuff on their yeah. own citizens. Cool. Because, work. ladies and gentlemen... They may not be breaking the law, but they sure are evil. Tommy is on the line listening in Chattanooga to WGOW. Go ahead, Tommy. Uh, yeah, I've been enjoying your show. Thank and you. I wanted, wanted to correct one of your guests. Uh, he, he said there's nothing in the Constitution about why the government, the federal government, um, so-called, or the central government, could uh, have uh, cryptocurrency. But it specifically says in Article 1, Section 10, that no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. So yes, but- um, even, even if they farm it out to the Federal Reserve, they, the Constitution doesn't give Congress the right to do that. Um, but they, they're doing it anyway, I know. Well, it, what it, when I read the Constitution, and I've read it a few times just to make sure that I understand things, um, it says that no state shall make anything but gold and silver uh, you know, uh, legal tender. Mm. But it doesn't right. say anything about the federal government who controls well, weights and measures. Mm-hmm. But but they're not supposed to be making, you know, printing any money. That didn't happen until Lincoln did it during the war between the states. That what was, was the, the Continental? Um, well, what was the Continental? The they, Continental was no. a uh, fiat currency that was created during, during the Revolutionary War after the Declaration of Independence, but before the U.S. Constitution. And that was to oh, made to pay right. off debts, right? And Jackson uh, spent his entire uh, two-term career trying to get rid of the second federal, the second federal bank. I think it was what it was called, the mm-hmm. second national bank, second national bank. Yeah. So right, right. there, I mean, you know, fiat currency has been enmeshed with uh, the 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 government since before it existed. But Roger Sherman specifically put that in the text of the Constitution to try to keep that from continuing to happen in the new republic. So I'm not arguing that you're wrong. I'm just saying that uh, it is a problem. I agree with you. But um, but if we really went back to the strict construction view of the Constitution, we, we wouldn't be um, we wouldn't be printing anything unless it was backed by gold or silver. And I think well, it's I throughout think it's throughout the, the history of governments, not just ours. Politicians have been very bad at holding themselves accountable. They're much (laughs) better at holding other people accountable than rather than themselves. So the federal government hasn't made a a law or rule that binds them from creating this uh, fake fiat currency, from what I can tell. Now, is it bad and wrong? Well, I mean, people can get on both sides of the issue and make their arguments, and I can make arguments for and against fiat currency, uh, but – from what I can tell, the Constitution does not outlaw well, the United States federal government from creating currency that is not gold and silver. I thought that Rand Paul's, uh, and I don't remember what it was called, the three-penny plan balanced budget uh, was such a great idea. It was rolled out and you know a few years ago. He's like, hey, all you have to do is every government agency needs to cut three pennies. For every dollar off of, you know, 3%, 3%, 3% off of their budget. And I, you know this, they could do this, right? Like this is a government agency. They, they can cut 3%. Each government agency cuts 3%. Went they down do in this. flames though, didn't it? For, they, it never got anywhere. Yeah. Uh, it didn't go down in flames. Get out of committee. It never got off the runway. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, how could it fall? But, how could it fall down in flames? Right. So three years for every, uh, three pennies for every five years and then another five years where it remains the same. And then the budget is balanced and, you know, America is out of debt. But <laughs> nothing, nothing. I mean, crickets. Time, Tom, uh, Tommy, final thoughts. Go ahead. Oh, well, we should at least try to do what we can within the system as it is to, to try to get to that point where we have more freedom and not just be defeatist. Or, oh, no, I'm not being up. defeatist. I'm just telling you you can't change the federal government, which is why I support secession and declaring well, independence. Well, amen. I'm, I'm all for it. Cool. I'm, I'm glad you're on board, Tommy. You're a sensible man, and I appreciate your time. <laughs> Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Joa, and Mark. Oh, yes. So, um, our governor wants uh, every kid in here in New Mexico from kindergarten to 12th grade high school to get free lunch. Everybody. doesn't matter. Everybody. doesn't matter if you're poor, rich. Expect uh, trash. Don't need it. <laughs> trash lunch, you mean? Trashy lunch. I, I, I don't know, but, but the whole thing is that. You know, the kids, they tease and they pick on each other. That, that's the reason why they're doing it. I don't know about the trash. Wait, lunch. the reason why they're giving away free lunch is because kids pick on each other? Right, right. So then right now you have to get a um, people that they're marked. They they know that you're getting free lunch, but you have to show a coupon or a card. I don't know what they do. Oh, so they're getting made they're fun saying, of. Yeah. The kids that are getting the free lunch are getting made fun of. So the New New Mexico government says free lunch for everybody. Right. right. It, it takes away. That's why. And then the kids, I've talked to my mothers in my apartment complex, and my kids won't take the lunch, and then she needs it. She's a single parent mother. So wait, they're and willing they're, to pay for the lunch? Not no, just get it for the free? The don't have money, but the thing is that the kids will not take the free oh, lunch because oh. they get marked. That she was telling me that she right. can't afford so they're going to pay hungry. lunch. They're going hungry instead. Well, I don't know about I don't know about being hungry, but the thing is, that then they, they they don't have enough enough money and food, so they don't eat at home or something. But she is under stress. She's a single parent mother, but the the kids are so attacked and 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 it's um, another failure of the government school system. Yeah. Oftentimes, I wouldn't eat the yeah. government school uh, meal either, and mm-hmm. it wasn't because we didn't have money. It's just because I hated it. it yeah. Disgusting, like prison yes. food. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time I ate lunch at school. Is because I knew that the university nearby, the culinary school, was cooking in front of us, and I'd pay a little extra for that meal because it was like quality food. There you go. But I wouldn't want their junky mac and cheese and their, you know, brick pizza. No, thank you. And hey, Sarah, here's a suggestion: don't send your kids to government prison schools. Government schools. I don't think she has kids. Thank goodness. I think a lot of people. Well, I don't, I don't have- Kids, but you know what the problem is? You know that you the kids pick on the other welfare kids like you guys pick on me at, on no. every show. Always pick on me that I don't work <laughs> and I take the free handout. You know, and you're part of all this like humiliating people where everybody has to get free lunch. You if know? We're bullying you. Why are you calling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think about what you're doing. You, you know, you pick on. I um, am. I know exactly what I'm and, doing. Um, handicapped people, and now no. everybody has to pay because uh, they can't not have all this. Kids are so mean, and they bully, and they tease, and then they get their feelings hurt. Now, now we all have to. Everybody has to eat crappy lunch. Sarah, they, Sarah, you talk you know, about you brought up the lunch. handicap. I thought it was kind of insulting. You know, we have a friend that uh, raised money for a wheelchair, really expensive wheelchair. We raised the funds. We've praised Sarah for getting exchanging into, value for value, right? Getting into the economy, at least in a little little ways here and there, and it's her, you know, kind of roommate slash boyfriend that has helped, you know, pull her in this direction. So we've seen Sarah grow 
a little bit over the years. I hope she's and, learning something. And so we've been trying to encourage you, Sarah, while at the same time using you as a foil for our radio show. Do you know what that, <laughs> do you know what that means? Well, you pick on, you basically, you hammer any, anybody that resembles me, so they, you're Well, that's because you love the government, that Sarah. That's why they could work, but they're on disability, go beat them up. That's well, what you're saying. we can't you're get along with everybody, and you love the government, you love big government, you love big government programs, and forcing your way on people, and you are at odds with us. For I that. actually don't think this is even the audience for your, your causes, and I'm not trying to be rude about that's it. That's a good I'm, point, yeah. I think that if you found, like, I don't know if there is any free talk socialists out there, but there's probably some shows where you you could talk that actually have an audience for you to be heard from. I By the way, socialists are welcome to call into. Yes, I'm not life. saying no. What just... other shows do you call, Sarah, that actually let you on the air? Uh, I, I don't think anybody anymore. <laughs> That's why she but, calls uh, us, yeah, Joe. Yeah, because yeah, we don't have a Everybody policy. else gets sick of her. Everybody else gets so okay. tired of you, Sarah, that they won't allow you to call in. And we Sarah welcome has a your nice... call every single night. Maybe they paid her not to call. I think she has a wide variety of things that she talks about. Sometimes she, sometimes she would like to talk about some other topics or whatever, yeah, but yeah. I appreciate her as a caller. Me I too. too. We've yeah. complimented yeah. her for that. She's just ignoring all the compliments we've given her. It brings up the argument, right? So she's bringing up this, you know, complete opposite of what libertarianism is, and then we're bringing yeah. up the libertarian aspect. Right. So you're not a bad caller. We actually really appreciate what you're saying, but we're going to, you know, tell you the solution or tell you how it doesn't we're gonna work. We're going to tell you when you're wrong, and unfortunately for you, Sarah, that's probably 90 plus percent of the time. Jim Harris was paralyzed. Then he ate magic mushrooms. After becoming paralyzed from the chest down, the mountain athlete found an unlikely ally in recovery. Amazing. Psychedelics. Against all odds, Jim Harris was walking. It was exhausting. And he thought he looked like Frankenstein's monster, stepping forward with his left leg, then throwing his unresponsive right leg around to meet it. But there he was at a music festival, getting around with the assistance of a walker, eight months out from a spinal cord injury that left him paralyzed from the chest down. Wow. In November of 2014, a snow kiting accident in Chile changed how the mountaineering instructor turned adventure photographer moved through the world. His days once spent exploring the Alpine were now filled with rehabilitation exercises in a gym. So when a friend and former physical therapist invited him to the High Sierra Music Festival in Quincy, California, he jumped at the chance to feel like a regular 33-year-old again. Yet as he settled in to listen to the show in a grassy field surrounded by tall trees and gentle peaks, he didn't feel regular. He couldn't drink alcohol because it seemed to weaken his remaining nerve connections. And although he decorated his walker with LED lights in an attempt at festivity, it really didn't work. He said the disability made me feel like an outsider. Yeah. And then someone at the party offered him magic mushrooms, which are packed with a psychoactive compound psilocybin. And he took them, thinking he might finally be able to have fun. The string cheese incident, a Denver-based jam band, played that night, but Harris doesn't remember the music. He remembers the pink and orange sunset, though, and the way the clouds seem to form a pattern of repeating shapes. He'd long had an appreciation for nature, but as a photographer for the likes of National Geographic, he'd also set the bar pretty high. He said, there was a level of elitism for me. I wanted the pointiest and biggest peaks and the most dramatic sunsets, he said. There, however, in the middle of the crowd, watching the setting sun peek through the trees, he realized nature didn't have to be extreme to be profound. They're all perfect. I remember that yeah. scene from The Last Samurai where uh, the, the, the one samurai who's dying uh, comes to the realization that every cherry blossom mm. is perfect. 
because, you know, they're all flawed. We're all flawed. Sure. And we're all perfect. I love it. That's beautiful. Uh, what was that? The Last Samurai? The Last Samurai. You know, the, the movie's <laughs> a little cheesy, but it's great. I love, I mean, it's a great movie. All right. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, never throw a katana. Reveling in nature's beauty is common for people on hallucinogens, but something surprising happened to Harris that night. He commandeered an acquaintance padded knee scooter so he could rest one leg at a time and still sway to the music. In the middle of a switch, he discovered that he could pick up his right foot and pull it back towards his butt. He tapped his right hamstring with a finger and the muscle contracted, a muscle that had been completely unresponsive since his injury, even in the low-gravity environment of a pool, despite eight months of physical therapy. People have said, and there's like a song out there that's, I love it so much, it's called Jesus is a Mushroom, and it's a, it's a real theory that someone studied at the Vatican that they came to determination after years, years, like 20 years. I've heard this. That they came to the conclusion that Jesus was a mushroom. And all the... Perfect time since it's December. All the um the theming around Christmas is relative to mushrooms. Like you find presents under a tree, and those oh, it's true they do under tree. They they grow underneath <laughs> the the trees that you cut down and put in your corner of your living room, and uh and the ornaments supposedly. And then um you hang your uh, mushrooms over the fireplace in a stocking to dry them out. Mm. And uh ironically, reindeer. Find these mushrooms. They'll dig a good ten inches yeah. before they find them. And they can fly. And they'll fly. <laughs> <laughs> but, idea. but they're saying that maybe Jesus uh like made water into wine, he really just threw some mushrooms in there. Ah, oh, yeah. Or oh, that's an interesting all, idea. Yeah. All kinds of different things that you know, mushrooms have a you know, uh, mental quality to Absolutely. lift your spirit and maybe a physical quality to get maybe a crippled guy to Walk again. Well, just maybe. I mean, here's, you know, here's an article that says that that's what happened. This is what this guy is saying. And he's not some kook. He's a former photographer for National Geographic. So I find this to be very interesting. And I believe it. That's amazing. I do too. As a, uh, as a personal trainer at one point, uh, you know, neuromuscular pathway creation is important. You know, you're first, you're training people to do things. And I'll bet you that this just sort of, you know, change of your mind. Right. That goes on under mushrooms is really what the, 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 the key to this was. Right. And in his case, it was a, you know, an unexpected shortcut, but we've certainly heard of plenty of stories of people who've had traumatic injuries who believe that they're going to get better, even though doctors have told them, ah, you have no chance or whatever, right? Like all mm-hmm. the negativity coming from the traditional medical community, these people don't buy it. Mm-hmm. They don't listen to those people and they say, no, I'm getting better. And they do. Right. Those people do get better. But if you come up with this viewpoint of, oh, the doctor says that I'll just never get better. And then surprise, you never get better. Right. Like there's really something to uh, somebody's mindset in relation to what the body can become capable of. Absolutely. Right. Like and, you literally are limiting yourself or allowing yourself. And I wouldn't say that this is going to work for 100 percent of people either. No, not necessarily. But shouldn't be able to people be able to try. It can't hurt. You know, this yeah, guy absolutely. did it at a music festival right? with some street drugs. Yeah. So what more could be done and if we could if, – if, you know, businesses could experiment in this and create uh, programs to treat their patients? You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. 
We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.